0: It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's week one of the NFL season and welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast brought to you by USA Today. I'm Safa Dean joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports. Tyler, it's week one. I don't know if you're feeling as festive as I am. I know you liked it. I let the tunes uh, blow there to open up the podcast, man.
1: I was hoping for a little bit more. I mean, you only gave us uh a quarter of a bar, really. Well,
0: listen, <laughs> but look, it was pretty good. It was pretty I can't, good. I can't give it all out there on the podcast, you know what I'm saying? People got to download my album after that, you know. We, I don't want to cause a ruckus here. The Sonic album. I'm I'm Is looking forward to seeing
1: an album cover, maybe on South Beach somewhere.
0: Tyler, before we kick things off When it's a football podcast, man We got a packed show, but I want to offer Our listeners a chance to win $10,000 I know you could use some of that too, Tyler Uh, Guys, check out our 2023-24 USA Today Pro Football Survivor Pool Make your picks, make them count You survive the longest with the highest point differential All season long And you can win the grand prize of $10,000 cash Uh, Visit usatoday.com Slash Survivor Typhon Pool to sign up. Uh, Tyler, we got a big week one coming up. We got a big podcast for everybody tuning in. We'll talk a little bit about Cooper Cup's little injury. Excuse me, it's not a little one, it's a hamstring and it could be very serious. Uh, We'll talk about some contract holdouts that are holding up some teams heading into the season. Uh, But Tyler, let's first start with Kansas City and the defending champions, all right? Uh, Kansas City going to open the season on Thursday night against the Detroit Lions. I think this is a really great matchup for the whole country. Uh, you know, obviously, you're going to get to see the defending champions looking for their third Super Bowl ring here. Um, but also, you get to see Dan Campbell and his fiery self on the opposing sidelines. And the, uh, I, I think the country has kind of fallen in love with the Detroit Lions. They're a little bit of a American sweetheart kind of if you will in regards to the NFL landscape but we all know what this is about Tyler this is about the Chiefs opening their title defense having another opportunity to go chase greatness and Tyler I think the writing is on the wall for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs dynasty I think two Mm. titles is enough to be a dynasty I think three definitely heads it home Um, but I think we all know what Patrick Mahomes is kind of chasing here and it's not just Joe Montana it's Tom Brady um, you know, it's 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 more rings. It's not just number three. It's getting all the way up, you know, to seven and we'll see if Patrick Mahomes can really do it. I think he is obviously the one who's not only already has two up on the rest of the NFL, but, you know, he's going to be the one that's going to try to chase down Brady here. And if uh, Patrick Mahomes doesn't do it, it might be a while until anybody catches Tom Brady, Tyler. So you hit me with a lot there. Number one, I cannot wait till football season. It feels like
1: it's been a long offseason for some reason, a- abnormally long. I mean, since the Super Bowl, I just feel like <laughs> there's, I've been missing football. Now, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I-, I think they're going to have a real tough time defending their title, and we're going to see it week one at the start. And my biggest question, I have a couple, and I know we're going to hit on Chris Jones uh, later in this podcast, but also their wide receiver position. I don't believe they really have a number one wide receiver. They're real high on Kadarius Tony. They're high on Sky Moore, uh, developing into a better receiver, uh, and, and as a an, with another season under his belt. But you know, overall. I don't see a go-to wide receiver on their roster. And we all know how good Travis Kelsey is and Patrick Mahomes. Those two, that combination is lethal. But at the wide receiver position, they really leave a lot to be desired. Now, that's not to say Kadarius Tony can develop into a really good receiver and Sky Moore can develop into a really good receiver. But the jury's still out on those two. And can they stay healthy? Um, And that's a huge question. And on defense, they really don't have a lot of playmakers outside of Chris Jones. And Chris Jones is an inability right now (laughs) because he's disgruntled over his contract situation. So how are you going to defend the likes of the Bengals, the likes of the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, the likes of the – your Dolphins, the likes of the Chargers with Justin Herbert. I mean, you have a lot of teams in the AFC that have high-powered offenses, and you're without your best defensive player and the player that makes your defense go. So I have huge questions about the Kansas City Chiefs. They do have the best player in all of football and Patrick Mahomes, and he erases a whole lot of problems when you have him. He's the most talented quarterback in the NFL, probably NFL history in my opinion. And so he will erase some of those issues, but that's a lot for him to erase. Now, when it comes to the um, the Lions, it seems like they haven't had expectations for them since, like, for two decades. And this is the first time, first season I can remember in recent memory that they have come into this season with expectations. Um, Jared Goff, he seems like he's found a home in Detroit, I really like what they see, uh, what they have um, at, you know, the skill position pieces, especially uh, at wide receiver. I like Jamari Gibbs, too. I think when Jameis Williams, his suspension, he's going to be dynamic. That defense does give me a little bit of concern, especially their secondary. I like Aiden Hutchinson rushing the pass. I think he's going to be even better this year. but. They're not going to beat the Chiefs. Um, Banner, raising night, they are not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I
0: got the Chiefs. I know we're going to talk about that later, but, yeah, the Chiefs are going to win this. <laughs> well, hold on, Tyler. Hold on right now because we got some breaking news. Breaking news hitting as soon as we're recording the podcast. Chiefs coach, Chiefs coach Andy Reid says tight end Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee in practice on Tuesday and his status for Thursday's game is now uncertain. It's so crazy how things can turn in the course of an NFL season, Tyler. Even without him, they'll still beat the Lions. <laughs> Even <laughs> so without him. That's all you needed to hear, huh? You just see, you're like, oh, <laughs> I, I, you're I hands, right? they, they need
1: Travis Kelsey for the playoffs. Yes, they do. And for the, of the division. But
0: I, I think that they'll beat the Lions without Travis Kelsey. Okay, well, this Travis Kelsey news is obviously, It is uh, big. Brand, it, it is big. It's, um, you know, just coming down as we're recording the podcast here. Um, so some initial reactions is it's a good thing it's Tuesday, um, mm-hmm. you know, two days before the game. Uh, you're wondering how close to healthy Travis Kelsey will be. Um, I think knowing Travis Kelsey, like we all kind of do, um, he's a gamer. And I don't think he's going to let this knee injury keep him off the field. And unless he is kept off the field, that's, I guess, how you know how serious this injury could be. Um, Obviously, we remember how Patrick Mahomes hurt his ankle last year in the playoffs. And Andy Reid was the one who forced Mahomes to get off, you know, get off the field and go get an x-ray and go get checked out um, before he came back and helped them win the Super Bowl last year. But uh, this Travis Kelsey news is big, man. We, We just opened the podcast talking about the receivers and Travis Kelsey's the Number one receiver on that team, even though he plays tight end. Um, you have a lot of question marks going into this year. Kadarius Tony came is coming back from a, a knee scope, so he's not at 100% just yet. Um, he'll be later on towards the season. Uh, depending on how long Travis Kelsey is hurt, he'll be at 100% or you know, closer to it later on this season. <clears throat> Sky Moore is a very interesting young player. Um, Valdez uh, Scantling is a, a veteran who played a really, really big role for them in the playoffs last year, too. I think this is where the Chiefs kind of depend on Patrick Mahomes wholeheartedly, right? We 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 spoke about how Tyreek Hill left them for Miami last year, and it seemed like every time the Chiefs offense struggled, we brought that fact up that Tyreek Hill isn't here no more. But when you win a Super Bowl without him, you show who the greatest player in the world was, and that's Patrick Mahomes. I think, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes' ability to – not only stretch the field, but he can dink and dunk with the best of them. Um, and you have Jarek McKinnon, who's one of the best running backs at uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, especially when Mahomes is throwing it to him. You have Isaiah Pacheco, who's going to have to run the ball a little bit more. Clyde Edwards-Alaire still on that team. They got three running backs that could really play, man, um, You know, depending on how well he's doing, if he fell out or not there in Kansas City. But uh, the Chiefs need all the weapons they can. And going into this first game with Detroit, I kind of have a little bit of a hiccup now, Tyler. I kind of have a little bit of a hiccup. I hope we go with the Lions. You know what? I don't even know if we're picking this game later on in the podcast. Let's pick it it right now. Let's pick it right now, Tyler. Who you got winning Chiefs week one with Patrick Mahomes – excuse me, with Travis Kelsey potentially sidelined with a knee, hyper hyper hyperextended knee? So you make a lot of good points, and this kind of underscores
1: what I said earlier you know, this offseason that the Chiefs really should have went after DeAndre Hopkins because you lean on Travis Kelsey a whole lot. And if he goes down with any type of injury, that's a huge gaping hole on your offense. Now, they did draft that kid, Rice. Uh, uh, the wide receiver, She Rice, and I think he might develop. And they're, they're real high on Justin Moore developing this uh, season as a wide receiver. So we'll see the, if Travis Kelsey is out for any amount of time. These guys are going to have to rise up to the occasion. I really do like Isaiah Pacheco, though. They, they can run the football with Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I, Um Regardless of if Travis Kelsey is out, though, I think the momentum – carrying over from last season raising up the banner the crowd is going to be wild the chiefs still have enough and can piece it together without travis kelsey for this week one game against the detroit lions and not to mention detroit is without one of their better receivers too and uh jamison williams so they're not going to uh, have him and then detroit it's a lot of expectations the bright lights, everything is going to be on. Jared Goff, the Lions, Cam, Coach Campbell, and that defense, it's going to be a little bit too much. I got the Chiefs winning week one.
0: Yeah, a part of me really wanted to, to, to take the Lions here. A part of me really Pick wanted up. to be like, I think Detroit's going to win. Um, <laughs> Detroit doesn't have the continuity that Kansas City has. Jared Goff mm-hmm. is back, sure, but you got two new running backs. You got David Montgomery and you got Gibbs, the rookie. Um, you know, which was different from handing the ball off to Jamal Williams every time you got inside the three. Um, and the receiver, you know, obviously you have Amon St. Brown. But I do think the continuity does hurt them a little bit here with that running back room, with not having those full, you know, real game experience reps that you can't really get in preseason. Um, I'm still taking the Chiefs in this one. I think this game will be a lot closer than a lot of people envision. Um, I think Kelsey's injury does does cause a little hiccup here for Kansas City in Week One, though. All that noise, and you still picking the Chiefs?
1: Come oh, on, I'm soccer. still
0: picking the Chiefs, man. I'm still oh, picking the Chiefs. Good. Maybe I'll stand. I'll stand on some other things. You want me to stand against the defending champions in Week One? Come on, yes. Tyler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, let's get into uh, some contract negotiations. Obviously, Chris Jones is one of them. Trying to not really reset the market, but get kind of close to Aaron Donald at $31 million for a defensive lineman annually. Um, but he's not the only one, Tyler. He's not the only one. Nick Bosa needs to get paid from the San Francisco 49ers, and I think he is trying to reset the market for defensive lineman. Let's start with uh, those two guys first, and maybe we can even add Brian Burns into the mix. The, the Panthers' star defensive end uh, held out this week going into week one, which is a decision all by itself as well, too.
1: Yeah, with Chris Jones, I'm hearing he wants to be in the neighborhood of Aaron Donald's uh, contract, which he gets paid $31 um, million dollars a year annually. Now, Chris Jones is the second best defensive tackle in the NFL. He's not Aaron Donald, but mm-hmm. he is. he's in the ballpark. Now, the Chiefs, um, from what I'm hearing, have kind of lowballed him and offered him Uh, in the lower end of $20 million uh, a year, a little bit more than that. And Chris wants to be around that maybe 25, 26. And I mean, his dream scenario is 30. Um, Hopefully they can meet uh, somewhere in the middle. The Chiefs certainly need him. If he is uh, not out there week one, they're going to see just how important he is to their defense. The Chiefs, are going to have a very difficult time getting after Jared Goff if they do not have Chris Jones. And the Lions offensive line is pretty good. It's going to be apparent week one if Chris Jones is not out there on the field. I can tell you that. Now, when it comes to Nick Bosa, it's interesting because I won't name their his agent, but his agent is going to get a hefty pay raise too because his agent represents not only Nick Bosa, but he also represents Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow is about to get paid too so yes, he he's is.
0: juggling two
1: massive contracts right now um Nick Bosa I do believe when it's all said and done is going to reset the market um he could I something tells me he's going to get north of $30 million a year annually uh for a defensive end that can get 15 plus sacks a season He's the 49ers' best defensive player, and that's saying something. I mean, arguably best. I I think it's a toss-up, in my opinion, between him and Fred Warner. Fred Warner, in my opinion, is the best defense – I mean, uh, middle linebacker in the NFL. But when you have a star-studded defense like that, the 49ers, like he's like that icing on the cake and that closer at the defensive end position. They certainly need him. But I don't think he's as important – to the 49ers defense as Chris Jones is to the Chiefs defense. And I want you to touch on this and give me your thoughts on this as well. And I only say that because the 49ers defense, they have pro bowlers on top of pro bowlers on that defense. I mean, you look Eric Armstead. I mentioned Fred Warner. You just got Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. You got Hufanga as safety. I mean, the Chiefs. How many people can you name on that level besides <laughs> Jones? <laughs> so I mean, they're not scrubs. They're not. They're not. They're not. You know, scrubs. But they're not Pro Bowl or Pro type players. The type that the Forty ers have. So Forty ers need Nick Bosa, and I think they'll get him done. But the
0: Chiefs really need Chris Jones to be on that defense. Look, I think. Um, I mean, we're talking about. defensive player in the year and Nick Bosa, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We're talking about 18 and a half sacks last year, which was, I believe, second most in a single season for, you know, 49ers franchise history right there um, behind Alden Smith who had 19 and a half. 18 and a half sacks is a lot of production, man. I think um, obviously Nick Bosa gets that because of all the help that he receives, right, from Fred Warner and the the like of the 49ers defense. Uh, For me – I think the 49ers, I think Nick Bosa is a little bit more important, not only because you look at what's on the other side, right? Chris Jones is a point of piece, but Patrick Mahomes is the most important piece, right? So if you think about top three pieces on the Chiefs, it's Mahomes, Kelsey, Jones, right? I no, think Bosa's I think it's Mahomes, Jones, Kelsey. Okay. Uh, even so. Mahomes, <laughs> Jones, Kelsey, right? With the 49ers, Bosa's number one. Um ahead of Brock Purdy because you got to keep that defense together. Brock Purdy's a game manager. He's not going to light it up. He's not Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Um, But he managed that offense, um, exactly what Kyle Shanahan wanted to do. And they got all the way to the NFC title game before, you know, uh, Brock Purdy got hurt and the Eagles just ran over them. Um, I think Nick Bosa is very important to the San Francisco 49ers this year. Um, He's the reason why the 49ers are pretty much in – The top two in the NFC, you know, according to me, my book, I have the Eagles and I have San Fran and everybody else is kind of below them um, by a little bit of a margin, too, Um, whereas the AFC is just full of talent. Right. I think Nick Bosa puts 49ers in the NFC title game pitcher each and every year because of how dynamic he is. Sure, he has some injuries along the way uh, during his career, but he definitely should be resetting the market uh, for his position. And I think Chris Jones asking for so, 25, 26, I don't I, think that's a I bad ask. I agree with you to a certain extent. Uh-oh, I he think is a broke. little bit of a bad ask, but um, if he's already making 20 mil annually. So I just don't understand why the Chiefs will lowball him that much, especially after coming off a Super Bowl winning performance. So I hate
1: to say, so, but I disagree with you on there because okay. Nick – To me, Nick Bosa, yes, he's a defensive player of the year, and I'm not shortchanging him at all. But the 49ers have shown the ability to win crucial games and get far in the postseason without him. Mm -hmm. And, yes, they need a steady pass rush, but they can manufacture uh, their ability to get after the passer because they still have studs on defense that are all pro-level type players, and I think Nick Bosa, while he is one of the best, if not the best pass wrestler in the NFL, he also benefits from that because it's hard to double-team Nick Bosa when you have Eric Armstead and now Javon Hargrave also on your defensive line. Oh, and what about if Hufanga is going to blitz off the edge too at safety? Or what about if Fred Warner comes in the blitz? (laughs) it's like and I mean I'm not even mentioning there are other you know stud above average defenders and so when you have a defense that is that stout yes Nick Bosa it makes it number one but without him they would probably still have a top five top ten defense without Chris Jones I don't even think the Chiefs might have a 25th ranked defense. I mean, who are they going to stop? Not even top 20, huh? No, no, because their corners are so reliant on Chris Jones um, Mm -hmm. rushing the passer and him getting double teamed to free up those edge rushers. Because the Chiefs don't really have premier edge rushers. It's really just Chris Jones, and then they're hoping every now and then their other edge rushers can win these one on one matchups. So. You know, I I really – and I'm not saying this as like a slight on Nick Bosa because don't get me wrong, he is one of the best in the NFL. But when I look at the 49ers roster, I don't even think he is top three of most important. I would actually go Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. Yeah. The way that offense is constructed as probably their most important. And then I would start to name, you know, maybe the Nick Bosa's or the Fred Warners in that mix. Uh, So, you know, it's gonna be intriguing to see if they're gonna get these contracts done. I do think you kind of feel as though Nick Bosa And that situation is a little bit closer and it's not in the public eye and it's not kind of as messy as maybe Chris Jones is getting.
0: So you kind of think that might get done first,
1: but we shall see.
0: We shall see, Tyler. And there's also Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson trying to get their money too. man. Joe Burrow is looking for a new deal. He's up for a contract extension. We saw Justin Herbert reset the market right after uh, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts did it earlier this year, right? Um, so mm-hmm. Jalen, um, Justin Herbert right now is at $262.5 million in total value. He's going to lead the NFL with $52.5 million annually. And Justin Herbert's got about 193 mil guaranteed. Um, a total guarantee, excuse me. The fully guaranteed right now is $133. If I'm. Uh, you know if i'm joe burrow i'm obviously looking at all those numbers and i'm up in all of them right Right. i have you know i have uh i don't have an mvp like lamar jackson does uh, but i have a super bowl appearance like jalen hurts does right and i have uh, a team that's ready to win a super bowl right now um just like jalen hurts so i definitely think he's in a little better position than justin herbert is for sure um if i'm looking at joe burrow and i'm looking at the you know the bengals ownership i'm saying look Deshaun Watson got $230 guaranteed. He's playing in my own state. Um, You got to get me somewhere really, really close to that. (laughs) I definitely need to be above Justin Herbert. I need to be making 53 annually. I need to be the highest paid quarterback right now. Um, So I'm interested to see how Joe Burrow's contract situation goes. Obviously, he had the calf injury here that kept him all of the uh, preseason. And Joe Burrow is one that's probably a little bit more injury prone than some other quarterbacks because he does Mm -hmm. need his money. He needs his money right now before he gets back onto the field and plays. So how do you think this Joe Burrow situation is going to pan out for the Bengals? So I can tell you right now he's not going to get two hundred and thirty million dollars
1: guaranteed. Um, <laughs> that's that's not going to happen. He's not going to pass to Sean Watson. NFL owners think that contracts and outliers an anomaly. He's not getting that. Now, I do believe when it's all said and done, he'll probably eclipse Justin Herbert. I know that's been a, a kind of a sticking point, but he deserves it. He, yes, like you said, all the things you said at a Super Bowl appearance, had two AFC Championship game appearances. I mean, he is the face of that franchise. He's really turned around that franchise after the Andy Dalton, the AJ Green days, and the, the Bengals. They're in a tough situation because they're looking at Joe Burrow. They're seeing the numbers that in the neighborhood that they should probably get. But then they're also realizing we might have arguably the best or top three receiver who we have to pay in the next few seasons to. Oh, and not to mention, we have T. Higgins, who is also a number one type wide right receiver. And you know that agent who got – Deshaun Watson's two hundred million dollar guaranteed deal. Oh, he also represents T. Higgins, so T. Mm-hmm. Higgins is going to get paid too. <laughs> so the Bur, the the Bang. I was going to say the Burrows. Wow, the Bengals. <laughs> they are in a tough situation where they're seeing what they have to do, and they're trying to kind of maneuver the salary cap and play salary cap gymnastics, and realizing, okay, I have to pay Joe Burrow this amount. But we also want to keep our core together. And that's why they kind of reduced Joe Mixon's contract. And they you know, they also reduced some other salaries this offseason to try to manipulate the cap, to try to get Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and coming up Jamar Chase a huge contract extension because all three of them deserve it. And those three are the reason why the Bengals are – a prohibitive favorite in the AFC North and, again, a contender in the AFC because they have probably the best receiving corps in the National Football League when you add Tyler Boyd into that mix.
0: I agree, Tyler. And this this Joe Burrow situation is really, really really interesting um, because a part of me believes they might have to pick one of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Um, I don't know if you can have two receivers on your team you know, averaging what 25 to 30 million dollars. You know, I don't know if you could have that. I know you could have corners maybe averaging that, but maybe not receivers. Um, when you look at the wide receiver landscape, right? Tyreek Hill's leading the league with 30 million dollars annually, Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup right behind them, 28 and 26.7, respectively. Uh, you look at total value, Devontae Adams is up 140. Um, fully guaranteed. A.J. Brown has the most fully guaranteed contract with 56.4. So you got to really get into this area of guaranteeing these money to these guys, right? Cooper Cup has 75 total guarantee. Tyreek Hill, 72.2. So, I mean, they're going to have to play out their contracts to get all this money. And look at Justin Herbert. I mean, um, Justin Jefferson is about to reset the market as well now, too, right? Justin Jefferson could get you know more than 30 he's definitely deserving of it do you give him 32 million do you give him 35 i don't know how much higher you get and if i'm jamar chase i don't want to be paid lower than justin jefferson exactly you know what i mean if i'm mm-hmm. t higgins i don't want to be paid you know i still want to be in the 25 million range too so this is a lot of money that cincinnati bengals have to fly around um if they win and look man bengals have to win the super bowl if the bengals win the super bowl you can pay all these guys right <laughs> um but it's a, it's easier said than done, and it's interesting to see how the Bengals will maneuver all of this for sure. Because you're you're going to commit more than seventy mil annually, maybe seventy five, eighty mil annually to three players. What does that mean for the rest of your team? You know, we'll we'll see about that. Right, and not to mention they just gave Orlando Brown a
1: big contract to play left tackle and protect Joe Burrow's blind side. But yeah, I, I do agree with you. I believe when it's all said and done the Bengals are going to have to say bye to a premier wide receiver. And I think that receiver's name is T. Higgins. Um, In my opinion, they're going to prioritize Jamar Chase over T. Higgins. And, I mean, rightfully so, Jamar Chase is a little bit better than T. Higgins. And T. Higgins probably, if, if I was T. Higgins, I would probably want to go somewhere where I am the surefire number one wide receiver. He hasn't told me that, but I, I do believe that that's the situation maybe that might motivate him, where he is paid like a number one uh-huh. wide receiver. And then Jamar Chase, we all know he's Joe Burrow's favorite target. So yeah, I, sure. when it's
0: all said and done, the Bengals are going to have to pay him. Look, I don't think T. Higgins will be in a hurt to find a team that would put him as a number one wide receiver. None I think a lot of teams out there would take him, right? Um, he's just in a unique situation, similar to like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. right? You just happen to have two star receivers right now, and Jalen Waddle's money is going to be coming up in a year or two now, too. Is Jalen uh, Waddle a star wide receiver, Savage? uh he's a star wide receiver tyler dragon oh, okay okay yes, <laughs> it's you'll, you'll see this you'll see in week one you'll see week, maybe week three he's got a little bit of a a, a midsection injuries coming off of during training oh. camp but he should mm. be all right hmm mm. mm. tyler let's talk about your rams man i see you with the la hat on i know you can't be a Chargers fan all the time i know you're a rams fan first just kidding, Tyler. But look, obviously, Cooper Cup is dealing with a hamstring injury, seeing a specialist in Minnesota this week. Um, it's funny. I was doing my fantasy draft with my friends, Tyler, and I'm passing on Cooper Cup first pick. I don't want nothing to do with a hamstring because I think when you have a hamstring injury like this and you're going to go see a specialist, it's not just a one-week, two-week thing. This could be a at least a four-week thing uh, for the Rams. And Uh, If you're the Rams, you can't afford to lose your best offensive player here. Obviously, Matt Stavers coming back from injury. injury. Obviously, you have Aaron Donald, who's the best in the world at what he does. But this is a very, very different Rams team from the one that raised the trophy a couple years ago. Uh, How do you think this injury affects the Rams moving forward to start the season, Tyler? So a couple things. I'm wearing
1: this hat because it's L.A. Miami rivalry week. Um, Oh, yes. Y'all got y'all got us earlier with the messy um, and soccer. That's what we do. But now we're on American football and American football, Southern California rules, especially (laughs) over South Beach. Uh, especially with this Chargers and um, Dolphins game coming up on Sunday, so also I'm wearing this hat because it's rivalry week between us, Stop it. Okay. And okay. You're, you're, Let's talk you're about you're the Rams first. Let's talk we about the Rams up. first, Tyler. So, so with the Rams, yes, back on subject now. <laughs> with the Rams, this this concerns me because yes, he reaggravated the hamstring injury, and. Going to see a specialist this close to the season. You're right. It's like, man, it's not. A, you don't get the sense it's just a one week injury. And then when you look at the Rams' schedule, they start off two of their uh, first three games are on the road. I think no, actually, three of their first four games are on the road. You start off in Seattle, then you have to go play. The 49ers at home is the home opener against the 49ers, which they're gonna beat you down at home in front of your home fans <laughs> and the home opener. And wow, then you go good. oh yes, 100 percent And okay. then you go to Cincinnati in a Super Bowl rematch when your team looks nothing like the team that beat the Bengals that <laughs> won the Super Bowl. And the Bengals are gonna be motivated to beat them and get revenge over that Super Bowl. So you need Cooper Cup to at least play by week three. And it... I, I think he's not. Yeah, I definitely don't think he's playing week one and their hope, opener and against uh, the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle and week two. I'm a little bit more optimistic, but it it is hard for me to believe that he's going to trot out there against that 49ers defense and with how physical they are and testing out that hamstring injury. I'm concerned. I'm very concerned if I'm the Rams and a Rams fan. I just believe this is going to be a season similar to last season where it's a lot of losses.
0: Well, they're off to a good start with uh, Matt Stafford's wife, Kelly, kind of airing out the business on her own personal podcast um, where she said that uh, Matt Stafford needed to have a binder or a book printed out with faces of his teammates so he could learn their names and how – Matt Stafford complained to her about, you know, players leaving meetings and practice going straight to their phones and not really interacting in the locker rooms. And then Kelly Stafford apologized or or said, you know, in a recent uh, interview that she, quote unquote, put my foot in my mouth pretty good last week when she was talking about all these comments. Right. That, you know, Tyler, this is a big picture for me here. Um, When we look at the Rams, we saw the, the F them picks movement. Worked to perfection. We saw them win oh, a Super Bowl. Um, and this is the blowback from all of that. This is a new team. We saw them trade away Jalen Ramsey this offseason. We saw them load up on, you know, having some picks, some some younger guys. This draft coming up next year in 2024 is going to be the first time they have their first round pick in a long time, right? Are the, Since they drafted the Jared Goff. Are, are the Rams <laughs> rebuilding here? I think the Rams are rebuilding on the fly here. Well, shameless
1: plug, Soffit, Uh, in our paper tomorrow, there's a a story about uh, this exact subject written Mm -hmm. by your your favorite co-host, I won't mention any names. And then (laughs) (laughs) secondly, there has been some quotes from Les Snead and the Rams that they're not calling it a rebuild, but they're calling it a retool. And it's basically a rebuild, quite frankly. They had a draft class of 14 players, which is unprecedented. And I think starting training camp, they had like 31 rookies on their roster. So when you look at the way their roster is constructed, it's a lot of rookies. It's a lot Um, of young and experienced players around their three pillars. Three pillars, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. And if they lose, one of those three-pillar players for any amount of time is doom and gloom. And unfortunately for the Rams, one of their three pillars is battling a hamstring injury before the season started. And as we know with hamstring injuries, they tend to nag. And this one nag, and not only nagged, but it flared up again. So it's <laughs> bad news. And you have three of your first – Four games are on the road, and not to mention, you start off with the Seahawks in your division. Then you start off with the 49ers, who are in your division. The best two teams, probably, in the NFC West. And then you have a Super Bowl rematch against the Bengals, and they're going to be hungry for revenge. So I'm seeing 0-3 in the very near future for the LA Rams. And I'm sorry I'm even wearing an LA hat, but I got to say (laughs) it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all I'm saying is, I think Matt Stafford is getting a lot of use out of that book of names, man. I think he's really <laughs> gonna know all his teammates' names, or that book is going out the window by the time week two gets here because they're gonna be frustrated. The Rams are a different team, and I don't, I don't, um, I don't fault them for selling out for the Super Bowl. That's what you were supposed to do. You're supposed to win the title. Winning the title is everything. Like, who cares about you know the next two seasons after that? I don't want to say that you know who cares, but. You know, if they didn't win the Super Bowl, it'd be a thing. They won the Super Bowl. They accomplished what they had to do. Now they do have to retool, as the GM said. But it's never a great thing when the GM says we're retooling instead of rebuilding because we all know what that means. You're (laughs) nowhere near where you used to be, right? We'll see if Sean McVay can really climb this mountain again with the Rams. We'll see how much longer Matt Stafford stays with the Rams. We'll see how much longer Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup also stay with the Rams. Or, you know, if anyone is nearing retirement, we all know Aaron Donald sort of flirted with it after the Super Bowl. So, The Rams are going to be really interesting this year to kind of follow. Maybe we don't follow them enough because of the fact that they did so poorly last year, and we'll see how they're going to do this year. Tyler, let's go over to some college football, man. Let's talk. It's a football podcast. I know we we feel like we're limited to the NFL, but we're not. We're not, especially when Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, Shadour Sanders, Travis Hunter were the talk of college football this week. Um this was an incredible display in Colorado's first game against TCU. It was really great to watch. Um you know Colorado beat TCU 45-42, a game that went all the way down to the wire. Uh, Shador Sanders with complete control of the offense, 38 of 47, 510 yards, a school record four touchdowns. Travis Hunter played both ways in this game, more than 120 snaps. That guy had to be tired. 11 catches, 119 yards. They also got some other playmakers on that team, Tyler. My favorite part, though, was Deion Sanders being insufferable like Deion Sanders could be in his press conference after the game, calling out the reporters who, you know, obviously questioned him and his ability as a coach. Uh, Tyler, what did you think about what, Coach Prime is doing in Colorado after week one of the college football season.
1: See, I don't think Dion is insufferable. If you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. I and agree. Deion not only talks the talk, but he walks the walk. And he's been walking the walk for his whole career. So keep talking, Dion. I yes. love it. I love it. It's good for college football. I love the fact that he has really galvanized Colorado. And they look like night and day. For a team that won one game last season, and for them to open up, look like a totally different team and beat the team and the school that went to the national championship last year and really look like the more athletic team, look like the faster team, look like the more well coached team. And shout out to Shador Sanders. He played an excellent game. He was like, a, I mean, a machine the way he just was picking apart. Uh, the TCU defense, and he was uh, very efficient with his throws, very decisive with his reads. And then Mm -hmm. I have to really give the biggest shout out to Travis Hunter. I mean, 144 snaps in that Texas Heat both ways. That interception was probably the best interception I've seen in college football. They were in the red zone. That mm-hmm. di- dove didn't really have the angle on the ball, and not—I mean, he was what seventy snaps in when he made the <laughs> reception. 80, Eighty snaps in, like I—I uh, I, oh, and also the other way, I've had eleven catches for over hundred yards. I mean, he was the best player in the field. It wasn't <laughs> close. His draft stock is skyrocketing. Um, oh yeah, I—I I do believe his best position in NFL will probably be cornerback. His, uh, just because his ability to diagnose routes from a receiver and his ball-hawking skills just as uh, a cornerback and his just knowledge of knowing the receiver position from playing it, I do think that is his best position. But it's a compliment to him that we could even have this discussion. What is his best position? Because he's so good yeah. at both. But that was the most exciting college football game of the weekend I believe, by far. And I cannot wait to see them play Nebraska. I think they're going to beat Nebraska handily in their home opener as well. But, yeah, Deion has some cooking in Boulder, Colorado.
0: Yeah, he definitely does. And, look, this is not a gimmick by Deion Sanders by any stretch. We saw him do this in Jackson State and lead that team to new heights that they've never seen before, right? Um, His son, Shador Sanders, is a very, very good quarterback. Um, You're talking about a player that had complete – complete control of his offense, complete uh, patience in the pocket. I mean, there's times where he's just standing and waiting for routes to open up so he could deliver the football. He knows where to go with the football at all times. He knows where to lead his players so they can get more yards up the field. Um, You know, Shador Sanders looked like a top-five quarterback here, Mm -hmm. and Travis Hunter looked like a top-five pick without question, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited to see what – Colorado does the rest of the season. Obviously, one game is a lot of weight to put on one game. But to beat TCU, that went really far last year in the playoff last year um, in your first game is a great showing. Um, Watching that game, it was funny because they just traded blows back and forth offensively like some prize fighters. And in those final couple of minutes, you saw TCU's, uh, excuse me, Colorado's defense can't really play that well. But TCU's offense just broke down in those final minutes. And that's what Colorado has. They have the ability to break teams down with their will. And where does that start with, Tyler? It starts with their coach and Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy is a motivator. He knows how to really push these young kids into achieving their dreams and what they want to get um, out of this football experience. And I'm really, really excited to see what Colorado does the rest of this season. Same. Same, soft. I, I- You know, it was fun to watch
1: them, and I was already just looking forward to just watching. I was looking at their calendar for the rest of the season while watching the game because they're just a fun team to watch. I was like, okay, RIP to the Pac-12 they're still in the (laughs) Pac-12 for this last season. So I was like, okay, so they play USC. They play UCLA. I really hope one of them travels here. Unfortunately, they play USC in Colorado, but they're at the Rose Bowl, Soffitt. I, I know you're going to be there. I, I got
0: to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> if you guys are looking for some more college football talk, you guys can get your college football fix with Paul Myberg and Dan Wolken, brought to you by USA Today Sports as well, wherever you get your podcast, just like you get this one. Shout out to Dan and Paul. They do a really good job over mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, they've been with USA Today for a really long time. Nobody knows the college game more than those two guys do. Uh, Tyler, let's get into our favorite part of the podcast you know it's my favorite part where we make our week one picks. All right. So year in year in and year out, Tyler and I have made dinner bets, and nobody's really followed through with it. So this <laughs> year is going to be the year we really, really do it, Tyler. We really, really do it. All right. Do we? Uh, yeah, I guess we'll meet up at some point and have a dinner or so, and we'll decide who pays for it. Okay. All right. <laughs> let's get into our week one picks obviously we mentioned the chargers uh, excuse me the chiefs and the uh lions earlier we're not going to pick that game, chargers game are on his mind folks you hear that you heard that right that's going to be the third game we pick tyler let's start off with the battle of ohio we got the cincinnati Bengals going to cleveland to face the browns a real big game here obviously the browns are in year two of this Deshaun watson experiment year one went really poorly because of uh, his suspension and How he kind of looked after a pretty much a two year layoff. And Joe Burrow on the other side is coming off a calf injury. You don't know how dynamic he's going to be, although we know how dynamic the Bengals could be. Uh, Tyler, who you got in this matchup?
1: The Battle of Ohio is always a competitive game. (laughs) Deshaun (laughs) Watson is going to be better than he was last season. Last season, he was knocking the rust off. He's going to be better. However, if Joe Burrow plays, which is looking like he will play, the Bengals are just the better team. They have the more explosive offense. I I'd like their defense, even though they're going to be without Jesse Bates and Bomb Bell, that's going to hurt them more than they believe right now. But when it's all said and done, I think the Bengals are going to win this game. I'll even say 26 to 20 Bengals.
0: Wow. Okay. Can give you a I, like score. I like that. I'm, I'm taking Bengals 27-24. 20, okay. I like, the, I like the Bengals. I know the Browns have been kind of one-sided in this rivalry. They split last year, but the two years before that, the Browns won all these games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Bengals kind of remember that too. And I think uh, since he comes out on top and steals one in Cleveland in week one, uh, Tyler is a new day and age in the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers is no longer with the Green Bay Packers. He is no longer the Chicago Bears' daddy. So it's Justin Fields versus Jordan Love in this one. We got Green Bay at Chicago. Um, I'm going to tell you my pick, Tyler. I'm going to tell you my pick, and it might surprise okay. you. I got the Packers in this one, 24-20. I'm taking Jordan Love. I know Justin Fields has maybe a year more of starting experience in Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love's two years of learning this offense um, is really going to help them out. And, you know, these two teams kind of go back and forth all the time. This is a true and true rivalry. Um, I'm taking Green Bay on the road, man. I'm taking Green Bay on the road week one.
1: Something really tells me to pick the Packers in this game. I, I think Jordan Love is going to be better than a lot of people anticipate. I really like Uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, Uh, their receivers, they're promising that defense is decent, but I think the Bears are going to be motivated to show them something. They're at home, Justin Fields finally has a number one wide receiver in D.J. Moore. That defense concerns me a little bit, their ability to rush the passer in their secondary, but I think they're going to get motivated behind the home crowd. And win their home over there against the Green Bay Packers. And finally, tell the Packers that you don't own us anymore because Aaron Rodgers, he's not here. He's in the Big <laughs> Apple.
0: We're so happy he's not here anymore. <laughs> we're, we're winning again. Right. Tyler, it's it's me and your game of the week. So let's get yes. to it. Dolphins at Chargers Sunday, 425 Eastern. Tyler Dragon will be live in the building to see the Dolphins and the Chargers, a 27-24 loss. I'm picking it. I'm picking it. I'm picking the Dolphins here. Look, I, I'm, I'm very concerned about Teron Armstead, the starting left tackle for the Dolphins. Not <laughs> sure if he's going to play. If he doesn't play, the Chargers are going to win. I'll just be very honest and frank about that one. But I think uh, Tua and I think Mike McDaniel and I think Tyreek Hill, I think all those guys remember this loss last year. Uh, we've been asking about it. This week in Miami, I think the guys are going to have a little bit more juice. Uh, last year, Dolphins went to uh, Cali and dropped two on the road, fell on their face in Cali. I think they're going to go with the business trip mentality and come out L.A. with a win. And got to be 2-0. Oh. You know, Messi, Messi came through for Inter-Miami against LAFC. It, what, that wasn't really a game either. This one's going to be a little bit more of a game. I got Dolphins 27-24. All so I'm wearing the L.A. hat to pick on you, uh, Soffitt,
1: and it's L.A. week, L.A. Miami week. And I, I, of course, I'm not picking the Dolphins. I really do believe that the Chargers showed something to the Dolphins last year with their ability to play press coverage and be physical with the Dolphins' speedy receivers. We all know y'all got a track team on the outside, and, and they're Miami, but for once, the Chargers are healthy because it's week one to start the season. So all their players got. going to out there. <laughs> so the Chargers don't have to worry about injuries because it's week one. Everybody's fresh. Even J.C. Jackson good. is going to play. So, wow. Okay. Yeah, right. So, I mean, man, I mean, you know, so they got the left tackle with Sean Slater. I, the Chargers are going to win this game. Stop it. I'm picking them 27 to 21. Justin Herbert gets another victory over Tua Tungabaloa and the Dolphins go out of California with another L.
0: Damn. All right, we'll see. We'll see. I definitely know that we are going to talk plenty about Dolphins and Chargers on our podcast next week. That's why we didn't And don't
1: text me if I'm wrong, Stop it. Don't text me from the game every time Tua does a good play. But you can text me. You can text me me when, 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 when Tua makes all these good plays and he'll text me if during the game, if Tua, like, makes a
0: completed pass, who's easy the <laughs> best? Don't text me, it. Don't text you this weekend. <laughs> but you're going to text me when Justin Herbert does everything the same way, right?
1: No. You see all expected. these healthy
0: guys? You see it's all these expected. healthy guys? <laughs> it's expected. All right, we expect all right. to win out here in L.A. We will talk about Dolphins Chargers, <laughs> I'm sure, ad nauseum on our podcast next week. Uh, let's get into our fourth game here. We got the Dallas Cowboys going on the road to play the New York Giants. Uh, Big season for both these teams. Both these teams made the playoffs last year. Um, Both these teams looking to get back into the postseason. Obviously, it's a huge, huge game for Dak Prescott. Um, You know, a lot of interceptions last year. That's been hanging over his head. And you look at the Giants, they got Saquon Barkley back. Daniel Jones is back. Darren Waller is going to be a nice little piece for them. I'm picking the Cowboys at home, Tyler. I'm take. I'm excuse me, excuse me. I'm picking the Giants at home. Giants at home, 28-24 over the Cowboys. I I love your pick
1: because I'm definitely not picking the Giants, and you surprised <laughs> me with this pick. Wow, oh, you're I welcome. cannot you're believe welcome. you're picking the Giants. Now I I do like the addition of Darren Waller. That's going to be uh, Daniel Jones number one option. He's one of the best tight ends yes, in the NFL. But when I look at the Cowboys, I really like their defense. We all know what Michael Parsons can do. He's in my top running for defensive player of the year. If he does not win this year, he's going to be in a running for sure. Dak Prescott, cut down on those turnovers. Be careful with the football. Deliver the ball with accuracy. I think their running game with uh, Tony Pollard is going to be better because he's – not the in-between runner as Ezekiel Elliott was, but he he'll get more yards per carry. Ezekiel Elliott, he's a little bit older now; he's a little bit past mm-hmm. his prime. So I think Tony Pollard as a more explosive element uh, in the backfield to the Cowboys' offense. And I do believe when it's all said and done on Sunday night, they're going to win. So I got the Dallas Cowboys twenty-eight to twenty-four.
0: Mm. For me, the Giants just seemed so much more cohesive last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were underdogs throughout the year and played really, really well. Um, you know, and, and just I think Brian Dable's a really good coach. I think Brian Dable's probably in a little better position with the Giants than maybe Mike McCarthy might be um, with the Cowboys. I think the expectations are so high for Dallas. And I think New York is kind of in a good up and coming little area here where they're not expected to win. Winning is great. Um but they're certainly not going to lose as badly as they did last year. Um, let's go to our final game here. Could be the game of the week as well. we got the Buffalo Bills facing the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers will make his Jets debut during the regular season. And obviously, you know, Josh Allen is on the other side as Buffalo's window maybe a little, little closed. A little closed than it was a couple years ago, but still very, very open. Uh, Tyler, who do you got in this Bills-Jets matchup? I wanted you to go first because I was going to pick the opposite. But, okay, all right. I'm going to pick. Let but, me pick first then. Okay, okay, go. I'm gonna pick first. Um, I got the Jets 27-24. I'm taking the Jets in this game. Um, look, I know the Buffalo is probably a little bit more cohesive, but I said this a little bit earlier in another podcast. Um, there's, there's layers to an onion, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the Bills window is a little bit more closed than it was before. Because now Leslie Frazier is out of the picture. Um, Sure, it's Sean McDermott's defense and he's going to run what he wants to run, but you lose defensive coordinator this year. You lost Brian Dable to the Giants the year before. Um, You know, Stephon Diggs could be a ticking time bomb there in Buffalo. I mean, it's only a matter of time, a matter of snaps before he's blown up on the sideline, like we Mm -hmm. saw him do earlier this preseason and even, uh, you know, last year in the playoffs against the Bengals. So, I'm taking the Jets here. Maybe i watch Hard Knocks a little bit too much, and they sold me because I even picked them to win the division. Um, but I think, you know, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cooker are going to get their little bit of share running the ball, which is going to help Aaron Rodgers. I think Garrett Wilson's going to have a breakout year. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers still has it as well. I'm taking the Jets at home. They can't lose at home on September 11th. You can't lose in New York City on September 11th. That's why I got the Jets.
1: That That is a, a good emotional boost that I did not factor in for the uh, Giants too and uh, the Jets, even though the Giants are uh, in Dallas. Now, I, I will say that the Jets' defensive line look like world beaters in the preseason. They look like they had First the best defensive line in football. Their mm-hmm. offensive line concerns me, especially protecting a 39-going-year-old 40-year-old quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. And so that is a little bit concerning. Their secondary is good. Their receiving corps is going to be a lot better with Aaron Rodgers throwing the football. But the Buffalo Bills, you're right, they're more cohesive right now. They've been together for a while. Their window, I believe, is closing. However, I think that experience and playing with expectations is going to put them over the top, especially in this game. Because the Jets aren't used to week one, everybody watching, where we have legitimate expectations. The Buffalo Bills are. In fact, they opened the season against the Rams in the Rams title defense and beat the Rams down. So I got the Buffalo Bills winning this game.
0: I got them 24 to 20. Mm, Okay, let's see. Well, Tyler, we went back and forth on all these games. I don't Mm -hmm. think we picked the same team to win in any of them, which is a a change for once. Usually we agree sometimes here and now we are in mid-season form. Tyler, we're doing great.
1: I I like (laughs) this. I like
0: this. Great. We're going to decide our dinner bet for the picks at the end of the season. We'll also keep count and let you guys know who was victorious each and every week. But with that, we will bid adieu here on It's a Football Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy week one.